0: This afternoon's Dharma talk is titled "Something Arises." Something's afoot. Other things aren't. So something shows up in our life, in our mind, thinking about something. Something comes through the door. Uh, we go through a door into something. Some other things. Something arises. Things arise. This teaching uh, is different places, but uh, the reference for this would be the Lankavatara Sutra, which came out in somewhere in the early part of the last millennium, two or three thousand, two or three hundred AD, after the Common Era. Anyway, something arises. And we, we name it. Uh, something makes its appearance and we name it. Appearance, appearance, hand. Uh, sometimes those two uh, get somewhat conflated or, or are mixed with each other. So we're just breaking it down so that we can um, more carefully study it as it occurs in our mind, our body, our sensorium. Sense of touch, sense of smell, sense of taste. And so on, right up through sense of uh, thinking. Anything that arises wasn't there and now, now it's here, and then it goes away. And then we we still even track it down mm-hmm. with more naming, more explanation. So something arises, we name it, and then we project onto it. We imagine things about it. Well, what happened is over there. It's it's not over here. That's never happened before. But here it comes again. So we, we have a constant. You could say a chatter. Most of the world is doing this. Something happens, they give it a name, and then they make up stuff about it. Or or they might be um, thinking they're actually describing it when they're imagining things. Because they don't really understand the fundamental nature of something arises. We name it, and we explain it, or we establish it, or we justify it, or we condemn it. Up with all the variations. There's countless numbers. So there's two more dharmas that come after this. This is the first three. Um, this is also can be studied in a little bit more conceptual, uh, maybe not quite as accessible mode, uh, form rather, in what's called the three modes or uh, dependent, things are dependently arisen, and then they're, uh, um, what are the other two? What's the other one? Oh, good. I usually don't give tests. know one them, I can't remember <laughs> what I'm saying. So the dependently arisen. In other words, this causes this causes this. Very simple dependent, independent, and then uh, we make up stuff about that. Imagine we imagine something. This belongs to me. This belongs to you. This comes from a tree. No, it doesn't. This is actually made of uh, plastic. You know, we could just on and on and on. We can go every which direction. They did a good job of imitating wood, though. So, and then those three, then the perfected is the way the, the last two show up in the, what I call originally called the five norms, which is the perfected or ultimate truth, relative, relative truth, ultimate truth. <clears throat> So the last two something arises appears you name it think of stuff about it and then the last two are buddha knowledge and suchness or the understanding of it that shows up in a conceptual way somewhat or uh, that, that uh, and it aligns itself with the direct perception of, reali- of reality of the nature of reality often called suchness, can be called shunyata, emptiness. Suchness is a good one. And I can say to you that your true nature has never left suchness. Who you really are, your fundamental nature, your Buddha nature, we're talking out of this particular lineage, has never... Someone's hiding behind those two arrows. <laughs> has never has never left that usually the consciousness that has never left that because we've been we were appearing that is appearing as a physical organism a human being gets sucked into things arising naming things in order to get some kind of strategize around us so we can, you know, even in ancient times so we can get food, so we can protect ourselves against much larger things that are big teeth and claws that are not human, or perhaps they're Mm -hmm. human too. Uh, Danger. And then we get acclimated. We get conditioned to protecting and protecting and protecting the physical form, and more and more we get, start actually feeling as a, a race of beings that we're What is real is the is this solid situation, and it has a reality, but it's dependently arisen. It's dependent. It's dependent on everything else for its apparent singularity. The singularity needs to be questioned. We are not all one. This is a misunderstanding. If people say that, this is this is what ego does with it. But we're all one. No. Not wrong. So, if we look at this, at these concepts, and we bring, uh, in our situation uh, as meditators, as people who are endeavoring to train their mind, if you, if you begin to uh, stretch, expand, emphasize the consciousness or the awareness or the openness. In which things occur, in which those appearances show up. That we name and that we explain or accept or condemn or meddle with, whatever it may be. Or we turn into, we squeeze in such a way that it starts to produce all kinds of appearances with dollar bills on them. Nor success, success and failure. The worldly dharmas of success and failure. And praise and blame so on and so forth. It doesn't seem to be necessary to figure it out. It's not that you can't do some calculation, some figuring, and have some ability to look more deeply into the conceptual teaching that is there that is endeavoring to build some kind of a conceptual support so you can continue to practice and look at your awareness. It's very difficult to Trust something that is not there. Give it the benefit of the doubt. And the way that I teach is uh, because of my understanding, because of the training that I went through for a long period of time, uh, the way it shows up for me is people should really be, their confusion should really be respected because you any one of you can't awaken. Uh, you can't You can't awaken in the way you're, the person next to you can awaken. The causes and conditions that arise as your obstacles uh, are just like a different, just a completely different, it's a different card game altogether. It's a, just a different structure because it's so very complicated. Because of all the causes, co- it's not just the way we like to think, uh, uh, of cause and effect is this moves through space and hits this and the effect is we see this there's visual and then these two solid things come together and we have sound so we, we like to we like that because we can track cause and effect cause and effect we do this in our court systems every now and then I bring this up because it's it's simpler who did it lock them up who uh, in another situation? Who who kicked the field goal? Who 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 uh, who got a Ph.D.? Who, who got uh, who's um, who won the spelling bee? it's just on and on. Or who uh, who flunked? Who, who didn't make it? Always evaluating based on cause me and my accomplishments, or you and your accomplishments, or failures. And when those happen. It isn't so, we're not saying so much about we don't see that that's happening. It's just that we add on to it. We load it up with more propaganda about what people should do, what they shouldn't do, what I should do. This is where this whole thing that your mother's fathers have been telling you probably, maybe not. You need to get an education. What are you doing living in a monastery? It's ridiculous. Sound familiar? Yeah. Probably didn't happen. But some version of that tends to happen, With every, you can't hardly interact with anybody without having some kind of contradictory thing that has a relative right, a relative wrong, right, wrong, right, wrong, correct, incorrect, should be, shouldn't be. And this, is, this, this whole thing fans out in these first three dharmas. It's called a mundane path. It means that you can accomplish some things, you can fail at other things. Not trying to get rid of that, we're just saying let's really be aware of what that is. One of the ways, probably others, the only way I know of is sit down and train your mind to see more clearly. It's a relative statement, probably sounds rather mundane. But the way in which you're seeing is quite a bit different than the seeing that happens through just seeing what is successful, seeing what is a failure, seeing what shows up in those different ways it's it's seeing through it is seeing the fundamental nature of the separation of cause and effect the fundamental nature of arising mm-hmm. naming and explaining it's seeing what, what is that fundamentally fundamentally nothing happens at all that, the happening part that is an illusion it's, it's uh, as the Tibetans say the dream you have at night is the sample dream this is the real dream. Waking up for the one you have at night is simple because then you just wake up. But waking up from from this dream, uh, you might not get a glimpse of it until you die. And then when you die, of course, then the wheel starts over again because of all the accumulation of causes and conditions that you have let. When I say let, um, there's different ways of talking about the let part. Uh, uh, Run your life. Fear. Fear will run your life. Operate out of fear from now on for the rest of your life. That doesn't mean you're walking around looking like somebody who's afraid because you cover it up and you're not afraid because you have an idea, you have an agenda, you have a path, you have a philosophy, you have a belief, you have beliefs, and disbelief. you have opinions. All oh, opinions are great. It's like living in the middle of 1,500 rowboats. You can't even see the water. All oh, you see your boats. What a wonderful image that is. That helps so much, doesn't it, especially all you Pisces. So it's a way of talking about it, and sometimes what I say seems confusing, sometimes maybe it's helpful. My intention is to help you, is to help you see more clearly who and what you are and why you're even in such a place like this, uh, meaning the world, not just this room. Why? Why? Or how did you actually come into manifestation? As I've said probably hundreds of times by now, since I've been talking hundreds of times. uh, Well, look in the mirror. That's the the simplest way to to talk about dependent origination. You cannot there cannot you cannot be there without a mother and a father. We kind of take that for granted, in a particular one at a particular time. Otherwise you would be someone else, more than likely. So if something arises, we name it, and we project our ideas, opinions, and modify it with our interpretation of that. Very simple. If you can see that deeply and see how dependent origination shows up in that, in that in that uh, particular model. You will begin to see, depending on how you personally are wired, uh, how, uh, how heavily, um, how your thinking process works, how your intuitive process. Some people are very, very intuitive, extremely. They can't even explain what they understand. And some people uh, uh, are very, very conceptual, and they can't even understand what they've just explained. You know what I'm saying. So the understanding sometimes is incredibly powerful, but people have no confidence in it because it's so unsupported. Yay. Nothing needs your support. You do not need any support. Who you are, everywhere I look, I see the Buddha. It doesn't mean that I'm so great because I can see the Buddha. It means I see the Buddha. Nothing needs fixing if you're continually trying to repair or fix something, don't try to stop doing that. Just bring your awareness to it so you can see that you have an agenda about your identity. And that is a mistaken identity. There's no one home. The skandhas form, feeling, perception, concept of the thinking process, or the uh, elaboration on what appeared process and the sixth sense fields through which those situations appeared, the consciousness itself of sound, of smell, of taste, of touch, the, the object that is arising, lights, sounds, cardinals in the trees and the organ that uh, receives that are not separate. They just look that way. If you realize that, the work is over. Never have to meditate again never have to do anything again. And you may not. You may not do anything again. If you're on this path, then maybe you'll look back at your vow to be with all things. This is the Bodhisattva vow. Save all beings. And of course, the fundamental understanding is there aren't aren't any beings. Not really a joke. Because, but what is, profound about it, is that both there are all there are <coughs> beings who are suffering intensely everywhere, and those beings are completely empty of the self that suffers. It's an astonishing thing to see. And it's flat out ordinary. At the same time, again, another what do they call that? Non-duality? Not two. One taste. Rochi. One taste. I always like to use Tibetan. Brings up the. I'm about to use some French. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to try my French. Not with Evan in the room. And not with uh, me and watching me from, or watching us from uh, Brittany. <coughs> I'll work on it for a few more years. Questions, please?
1: It's so the fifth one. You said Buddha wisdom was the fourth, and what's
0: the fifth? Thanks. I didn't mention that one. Suchness. So things appear. I'll go through it again. And there's different ways of talking about this in the Lankavatara Sutra, uh, whether it's the Red Pine translation or the the, the uh, Daisetsu Suzuki translation. I think I have his name right, um, which was written in the 30s, 1930s. Uh, a different way of understanding that. I highly recommend red Pond. You could you could look at both of them. We've studied the Lankavatara, I think, uh, as a study group in here over the years four different times. We're in the fourth time right now. Yes. So we keep going through this material so that people can use these concepts, can get used to these concepts, and then also spend a lot of time on the cushion uh, watching their minds. So things appear arise we name them we make up stuff about them and then through the sitting practice of meditation we start to look at that structure and we begin to see either right away or gradually or over time uh, however that may show up for you depending on the causes and conditions that arise as your particular human being manifestation there's so many causes and conditions you can't trace them all in that area and then you would be able to see uh, reality you would actually be seeing from some place that is both here and not here at the same time you're all everybody's already in nirvana you heard about you've heard of nirvana right? Right, right, right nirvana it isn't something else it's not separate from this it's broken down so that the buddha could teach so that so that this can be taught So the way I talk about this is the, is the Buddha knowledge part is more of a conceptual understanding of it. But it's not, it's not, a, uh, it's not a level of just knowing a bunch of facts or a bunch of uh, logic about it. It's having also having insight. Uh, it is coupled with suchness. Some people maybe have more of one, like I was saying before. Some people have this powerful intuition without being able to actually know what it is they understand and be able to talk about Buddha knowledge um, sometimes uh, some people will have this intuition really early and it might be decades before they're able to actually say what they talk about because every time they go towards that intuition, they freak out because the ego mind is still, there's still aspects of the ego mind that are thought to be real. You don't have to get rid of something that is not real. Isn't that good? The ego that you constantly felt, well, that's just my ego. Well, that's very egotistical of her. Notice how we do this. It's so so easy for us to just say, well, that's as if we've made some big big discovery about ourselves or somebody else. That will not help you to make comments that are relatively true about your ego. That's narcissistic or that's egotistic. Of course it is. It's everywhere. So now that we see that, now let's find out what is true. Uh, And I can tell you what is true. It is not real but we make it real by when someone has an egotistical, so to speak, or narcissistic activity, we condemn it, makes it real. We justify it, makes it real. We turn away and ignore it. just We can't stand it anymore, so I'm just gonna walk away from it. Gives it its relative force, reality, and so on. Find out who you are. If you find out who you are, no one will be a puzzle to you anymore. If you If you make friends with this, you have no enemies anywhere. You can't have an enemy if you make friends with it Because the enemy always is projected out of this onto the world. This antagonism here is pushed away out and then and we think it's out there and then we fight with them. Or the, the difficulty is out there, we think it was is, is here. We need some kind of polarity going on. Knock it off. Don't do that. How do you do that? Not rhetorical. How do you do that? Huh? Yeah. Good. i like to hear that come back this way. Meditate. Sit down. Sit down. And don't add. Don't subtract. Don't divide. Don't do any math. I'll sit down and what? Be miserable. Pretty simple, isn't it? Need any instructions on that? So in other words, if you hold very still and do nothing, then the very thing you've been trying to avoid through your, your uh, jiggling around and moving. It shows right up. It's right there. And you don't have to accept it. Misunderstanding. understanding. Don't reject it. Don't accept anything. Don't let go of anything. That's a misunderstanding where somebody's trying to manipulate you into being different than you are. Be who you are. Hang on. But look at the grip. Look where you're gripping at. Use that. That's a Dharma gate. Look at the way in which you torture yourself. Look at the way in which you do this. If you're blaming something else for the the suffering, uh, just watch that watch it if you watch something and you don't add to it if you watch something and don't subtract from it and you watch something and you don't uh, divide or separate yourself from it then the very the very teaching of the four, the I would say the three marks of existence uh, impermanence then it can actually function then your horrible feelings actually can to fade away because they they depend on your grasping or rejecting or ignoring in order to have any kind of what longevity duration, and they will get it if you if you do anything with it because when you do that you're doing it out of an imputed self-centeredness which commonly called ego in the yogachara tradition we call it the seventh consciousness, the one just past the the, the generic thinking mind of the sixth consciousness, that is actually freaked out, paranoid, looking for stuff, keeping things away, getting more things in, ignoring things that are impossible to understand, or might make you look bad if you did anything with them, because then everyone would know how unskilled you are. Is trying to relate to our negativity doing too much with it? Say more about what you mean by trying to relate to our <laughs> Trying to, I guess, to sit down and feel miserable. There seems to be a subtle um, wanting that to resolve itself or get better. When I say that, all I'm saying is, whatever, Just this is why it's so necessary to to just yeah. do do the. That's why we have forms. This this I don't believe this. I don't believe in this. Uh, that there's. I don't believe in that. But we need some kind of a structure. And uh, there's a, the, um, the Kagyu uh, refuge tree there, the Tanka there, Kagyu lineage of Tibetan Buddhism. It's not, it's not about believing in it, but it's about using forms in order to help us work with the, with the incredible, uh, convoluted nature of our consciousness and our karma down through the centuries, through lifetime after lifetime. So, what you're doing is you come in, you sit down, go through whatever forms are here, but the main form is you sit down, hold still, and you observe. It's an awareness practice. And a lot of the awareness is, is, uh, is about seeing the way in which you keep rejecting, or the way in which you keep stirring things up, or keep analyzing, or adding on. Just watch that. Don't interfere with it. Don't try to stop it. Fluff it up, tamp it down. Do no manipulate, no meddling with your mind at all. Just be there. More. Do we have to approach the spiritual path in a mundane way? Yeah, you have to get your butt in here and sit on the cushion. You have to give the teacher money. You have to use the the, the teaching person. In this case, has worked with the sangha in order to do this. This is a this is not something you can particularly just import from from uh, Tibet or Japan. I mean you could, and there are people who have already done that. But to actually have this work as a you could call it a hybrid, you have to be very you do it very slowly and watch how things work so that you get an understanding of the causes and conditions that are right arising in any cultural context as different kinds of karma, human beings, and so on, and see how could you present these teachings in such a way that the forms are there, but they're not there, they're not there as uh, fundamental things to believe in, that they're there as opportunities for people with the intelligence, with the openness, to see, to understand that forms are empty of anything you add to them, or anything, any way you interpret them. Whatever appears is empty of the uh, of the uh, name. It's empty of the evaluation, determination, analysis of it. It's empty of that. So that's where you actually begin to see the last two dharmas, uh, a Buddha, uh, Buddha knowledge and uh, suchness or emptiness or, or ultimate truth. You can't actually see something that you're not separate from. So I don't know if you could say you see ultimate truth. That might be too fancy. More? What's the, what would the difference be between the spiritual path and the mundane approach? Well, it could be simply put, it's just that. Uh, the spiritual path is uh, uh, is is uh, uh, trying to f- understand what this is in all of its uh, in the consciousness, the manifestation, uh, thought forms, emotions, memories, uh, reactions to this and that, and the way that's to try to see deeply what it is. Whereas the mundane path imputes uh, a self who who is not doing so well and is and needs to get better, needs to improve. So the mundane path would be, and those, those will work to some extent. And some people, that's all they can do. I mean, they, they, they're not ready for a spiritual path. Maybe three lifetimes from now. Maybe 15 lifetimes. And I don't mean this to be funny. I'm saying we really have to respect a person's confusion. Some people are ready for this and some people are not. Don't ever sell meditation anybody. Not Buddhism. No, no promotion. If people come and ask you, then respond. But make them drag it out of you, so that so they have so their karma the the deep uh, inter uh, uh, what interstices of uh, not out of their fear not out of their hope but out of their and they're not expecting you to somehow fluff them up all the time and support them. How is the way that we're seeking the truth um, different than like a scientific or a Western approach to that? Pretty scientific. So I'm not taking anything for granted. Um, not you know, it's a I'm not particularly jumping to conclusions about anything. Conclusions are extra, you don't need conclusions. We don't need to conclude anything. Why conclude? Unless you want something. You want something else. And this doesn't mean that you won't in your daily life that you won't have a wish or desire for something else but it's not the same as thinking there's somebody that deserves something or somebody that doesn't deserve something some kind of imputation that that makes that even more deeply ingrained emotionally and, and causes more fear or more trepidation or more uh, worrying. Very simple you want the, the idea of wanting, Food, I mean, you're, there's a physical form here you're going to want to eat. You're going to want to uh, take a nap. Um, a, the Zen tradition says it in uh, several different ways. One of the famous ones is, uh, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Function. It says It's just that before, there's someone who's functioning. So someone who's carrying wood and chopping water. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that funny. <laughs> and and after after uh, enlightenment or awakening or realization, there, there that's just happening. There's no one who's doing that. I'm not saying there isn't a consciousness that's aware of the of the wood or aware of the water. Uh, I'm not saying that there isn't a consciousness, but it's not a, it's no longer separated from anything. Therefore, it is the wood. It is the water. <laughs> not separated. From, it's not separated from anyone. It meets everyone that. That awareness, which still may be embodied and may not, it's not going to care whether it's embodied or not, particularly. Because the grasping, the rejecting, the hope and fear is gone. It's completely hopeless. Therefore, it's completely fearless. If you have hope, you're going to suffer. I'm not saying we don't look out and say, see, I hope it doesn't snow today. I'm not talking about that. You should always say that, especially in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Get a quorum going. Further questions?
1: Here. Earlier, you, you pointed at the Buddha and the Tonka over there, and you said, I don't believe that. But then you, um, shortly after that, said... Well, oh, you're rubbing your knee. I don't know.
0: You believe your knee hurts? The rest of my case. What do you want to ask me?
1: You pointed the Buddha and the Tonka, and you said, I don't believe that. Yes. <clears throat> and then right after that, you said <clears throat> something about several lifetimes. Yes. So, do you believe in lifetimes, plural?
0: No. What are you your about? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> no, I don't. I believe them. But you say
1: that often to motivate people to listen to what you're saying. You say How do you know what I'm doing. Well, maybe you're not, but you say it a lot in the context. Think I'm
0: trying teaching. to manipulate people and get them to listen to me. Whatever
1: it takes, I suppose. Huh? Whatever it
0: takes. Whatever it takes.
1: Or whatever it gives.
0: I'm getting more and more clever all the time. Go
1: ahead. You, offer, <coughs> you, you often use the metaphor or the statement of many lifetimes. It might take you so many lifetimes. Yes, I do. So how can we be supported with that by that without believing it? It seems like a
0: stretch. Well, the, the stretch is, is your issue, not the belief or disbelief. It's very easy to neither believe nor disbelieve. It's just uh, the example that I can give that's fairly simple. Is uh, um, that I give all the time the, the uh, uh, pile of uh, lavender mushrooms that are stored on the roof? Are they there? Can everybody see those in your mind? Can you see? Can't see. How about the green ones? Yeah, those are easier. <laughs> so, are, is that is that there or not there? Is it real or not real? Is the, is the nightmare you had three nights ago, eight nights ago, 15 days ago that you woke up in a sweat, which I maybe you didn't have it then, but you have them, we have them. Is that real or unreal? You had the experience, so it has a reality to it, but fundamentally it's it's not real. Lifetimes are like that. There are no lifetimes. There's not, even this lifetime is suspect. And why? Because there's no actual solid uh, one here. Go ahead.
1: So why why do you think it's helpful to say lifetimes?
0: Probably not helpful. <laughs> it seems to be because of you. <laughs> <laughs> what's your I mean, what's your yeah, basic what is your basic question? A I'm at the basic one.
1: On a relative level, you don't know what happens after.
0: You're telling me stuff. You're not asking me questions. This is not a conversation. How can you... I'm a teacher. You're a student. <laughs> 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 or did you read? why did you shoot the show with me? No. Come ahead. Come ahead. Come. Come ahead and, and put, put your uh, place, whatever it is you're trying to ask me about, on the line and, and question me about it.
1: <clears throat> the birth and death of one moment to the next and this relative lifetime from yes relative my birth death. Yes. <clears throat> to death to 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 say that there are multiple lifetimes what's different about believing that or believing in a god
0: believing I don't I didn't say I believe that there, there's no other way to talk about it well, I'm missing there isn't but I don't know of another way to talk about the discontinuity of identity that is, uh, is appearing over here and is actually appearing to you too, but you may cover it up. But discontinuity and the way of talking about it is uh, different lifetimes. But as uh, Trungpa Rinpoche once said, this was very helpful to me uh, when I heard it, not right away, but uh, after contemplating it for a while. Uh, someone asked him when His Holiness the 17th Karmapa uh, passed away, the 16th Karmapa, Excuse me, Your Holiness. I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> Killed him so soon. <laughs> the 16th Karmapa passed away in 1981 in, uh, near Chicago, and uh, um, and someone was asking not too long after that, I think, around that time, I don't know, circa 1981 or 82, maybe. Uh, so, asking about reincarnation, and, and she was specifically asking, as I recall, about. So well, His Holiness. This is someone who knew His Holiness, Rangjung Rigpe Dorje, the sixteenth Karmapa, and may have even been a student of his. I don't know, but someone who knew him say so. Well, His Holiness, His Holiness died. As as His Holiness, I think speaking of like his personality, is he going to actually show up in another lifetime? Is this be uh, the seventeenth? Uh, which of course there is a seventeenth. And uh, and I have to paraphrase a little bit, but I'm pretty close to what Rinpoche said. He said, uh, "You and uh, the 16th Karmapa could you you could you could come, you could both come together, and you could be you." No separate beings. It's just it's an illusion. Even the uh, the, the people who seem to know about this are tulkus, <clears throat> like uh, uh, like Trungpa Rinpoche, or, or there's a few of them that don't seem to know that. But, uh, or Troling uh, Rinpoche, uh, who's now passed away. So um, that whole area looks be our body. Form of being born and being here and living for a certain li- time and then going back into the elements or into the fire or wherever it may be, it looks like a- an actual lifetime, but uh, not exactly. It's not exactly that. You, who you actually are is is not even uh, is, is neither here nor is it uh, nor is it uh, absent from this. You're coming and going. That area is just coming and going all the time. This is uh, like His Holiness. Uh, the sixteenth, uh, on his uh, just before his parinirvana, when he was dying, said nothing happens. Uh, if, if, but students of his or people around him, because of his way of teaching, when, uh, if anyone else were to say that, they might say, "Well, what the hell does that mean?" And drop it. But because of the force of his uh, teaching, uh, that caught people and uh, caught people it caught the people to the point that they made bumper stickers out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that
0: was quite interesting to see. Nothing happens, bumper sticker. What? Nothing happens. So what's being said that uh, what's being pointed out there is what you actually are doesn't occur. It's not it's not a time and space affair. It's just this. A Buddha nature. Uh, suchness doesn't move. There's no, no three kinds of suchness. There's a no suchness coming and going. There's suchness that is covered up by you know, delusion, by imaginary, by hope and fear. Yes, Kim Chu? Does
1: consciousness have a personality?
0: Consciousness itself may not have a personality, but the way in which you're asking, it could manifest as just about anything. And When consciousness is liberated from, the, from the, the chains of belief and the chains of hope and fear, then consciousness, if it's if it's functioning with uh, an organism, a body-mind complex as a human being, then it's it's actually free to do just about anything. So it could show up in any direction. Fearless. Fearless to the point of not, not, just not being threatened by anything. And still having a tone of voice. Having a smile, having a frown, sun faced Buddha, moon faced Buddha. Someone who realizes this is no longer. You can't even find them. They they could be they could be sweeping the street. They could be you know, f- fixing the street lights. It's, it's still there. It's just unreal. So it can't be, it can't be threatened. It doesn't have any uh, no substance to it. So it's just like a, probably not a very good uh, metaphor, but it's the one that's showing up just like a flower. It just shows up and then it falls apart again. It blooms and it goes away like a morning glory. But when it's blooming, it's totally apparent. And then it just goes away. It's called impermanence. Go ahead. could. There's, there's no way to predict anything in that area, particularly. Yes, please. A different
1: question. Yeah. We see that we are projecting our own negativity onto someone else or other people. Mm-hmm.
0: Might you would be you, you start to have a suspicion that something you're doing is uh, uh, is invented, you're inventing something you're actually missing. There's a, just a sense that you're doing. It's called prajna, the wisdom that sees through the duality that the ego, the hope and fear mind sets up as being success and failure. You're starting to see through that, prajna tends to move from a kind of a relative, like the prajna of seeing. It, Knowing that fire is hot, water is wet, ground is hard, wind moves, and a very simple kind of insight that is just very basic to the different ways that material world shows up, and then it starts to get more uh, complicated.
1: Or giving yourself space from that person would be able to see something different than if we were constantly
0: around them and still trying to see that we're projecting onto them? Mm-hmm. It's quite variable in that area. So, and when, when I say depends, it really does. It depends that you, you know that is not a determination that I would necessarily make. I would, as a Dharma teacher, I might help someone who is working with that. Support them looking more deeply into it, but I would be unlikely for me to tell them what to do You already know this to some extent more. Further questions I Have a couple more Shannon if, if we're um, dealing with
1: is there a way to kind of slow a process down so we don't then have to jump into labeling the emotion or creating
0: thoughts around kind of it? So of course <coughs> sitting meditation gives us gives us more room for the crap to happen and more space and there's more of a chance of the consciousness is identifying with the spaciousness of the mind rather than the the actual items that are showing up. Emotions, feelings, memories, concepts, constructs of all kinds coming and going and jacking for position in our thinking process. More space, more space, so that there's a possibility that our Buddha nature, our wisdom mind, uh, will will begin to understand that. And so uh, one of the ways that I, besides sitting practice and encouraging people to sit as much as they can, I also encourage people to do that, uh, the alternating sense awareness practice. So taking a sense of touch, a sense of seeing, sense of hearing, which are very powerful. The objects in there, the feeling and uh, the colors, textures of something, shape of something, and the sound, the tone, and the spaces between the tones, whatever it may be, a bird or a person's voice. Uh, alternate to, to, to go into it and just touch on it and then go to the next one touch on it and go to, go to the next just go back and forth or around and this uh, by doing this it seems that whatever is arising as fear or paranoia or uh, for that matter terror uh, anxiety or whatever's arising uh has to has to uh is going to have company uh, because those are those are not that those aren't happening in the body in the feeling of the body, but the sense of seeing, um, if you're just seeing the shape of a building or some green leaves on a plant or the shape of a hexagonal table, the shape of a table, just a vision of that before you call it a hexagon, just a feeling of that is, is there if you move immediately from that to, to another form, another, to another, even another sense field or, and move, actually treat the, Treat the thought thought process the same way you're treating sound, just receive. So if you're, you're practicing on things that are less threatening, uh, like uh, color, red, blue, orange, rainbows, you know, see, can everybody, if I say, uh, I'm going to count to three, and then I want you to see a rainbow in your mind, one, two, three, see that? Anyone can't see a rainbow in their mind? Promise not to pick. Everybody saw a rainbow. What was the top colour? There's not going to be a test. But what was the top colour? Would look purple. Red? Red. Red, red, Actually it's purple. <laughs> <laughs> no, it could be any direction. You know you, you those are just colors. It doesn't have to be the rainbow by the state of Michigan, <laughs> but it's it's a, it's amazing how much. Look at how incredibly uh, productive that the imagination is. Use it. I mean, actually use that to help stabilize you. You don't have to be a, go default into uh, into uh, whatever uh, uh, kind of paranoia that's happening. Is coming as you by this road or something to default into that. But don't, don't fight with it. Don't exclude it. But don't default into it. It's like the comment that quite often happens is here I go again. Here it comes again. You know, it's just, I feel tired of this. it. There must be some way I can get rid of this. Stop trying to get rid of anything, not to get rid of anything. Include. Yes.
1: So you said don't get rid of anything but use your imagination. Mm-hmm. You? So if you um, want
0: to get this better be really easy.
1: If if you don't want to feel something or think something, should you invent a rainbow?
0: There's any other kind of rainbow. You think there's actual rainbows that aren't invented?
1: Should <laughs> you endeavor to replace? That's not my question. What was your question?
0: I don't remember. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: Are you asking me a question?
0: Yeah, I was trying to get clarify your question. Do you know your
1: <laughs> endeavor to use imagination to replace what it is that you don't want to look at?
0: I think Evans. Evidence- Huh? Taking something and replacing it with something else. Yeah. We talked about that. Earlier. If you're a life coach, that's okay. <laughs> really, I mean, not a joke. Okay. Some people are ready to do this in a in a more, a less uh, reference point, less stable way. Usually, because they're uh, terrified by something or really heavy anxiety. Not a good idea to replace that with something else, particularly. As a meditator, as a person working in, in, on this path, not a good idea to particularly try to get rid of anything. More.
1: If something is really intense and it keeps coming and coming and coming, mm-hmm. and you could kind of nudge it with a diversion a mm-hmm. rainbow or something. Like a rain. Well, I would probably wouldn't pick a rainbow. But you wouldn't pick a rainbow? What would you pick? My scamp. <laughs> <laughs> House trailer? Yeah. Like all the things I could do
0: with it. Yeah. You know, I remember one time I was in retreat, and I was really miserable. It was a long, like really long, month long, long retreat. And I just got sick of being there, so I started imagining creating a storage building. And I created a whole story building, board by board then I went back to being bored. <laughs> so I think uh, to, to, to be uh, um, definite about this, I would say it doesn't matter so much what you do. It's about really being aware of what you're doing rather than, than validating something and then blanking out in some area or ignoring something. Just, if you're going to do something, bring as much awareness awareness into it as you can or be as aware as you can, as you can of what it is that's about. Happening. Be the sky, not the clouds. Uh, identify with the open dimension of the situation rather than the clouds which show up. If you do that, then you, you will not be separate from the clouds.
1: No guarantee, yes. So, um, using that image of being the mm-hmm. open dimension, say, and you say step back a quarter of an inch, but if you know that your mind is perseverating on something over and over and over, that ever just strengthen itself? Where, you know, you say it exercises the awareness muscle, but it could be the muscle of the same old story.
0: Not if you're aware of it. If you're aware that you're doing that, it's different than having that happen. Uh, just where it slowly fades off in the background and it just keeps happening and happening and happening. Habit, habit patterns. Habit, if you're aware of habit patterns, you exactly that <laughs> they can be very painful to watch to observe without meddling with it as i sometimes say to people whatever's arising in your life right now whether you're on the cushion or you're out in your scam mm-hmm. you know is exactly what you need to see but for you to actually see that not fight with anything anymore just you know as uh, as i've quoted him before this is one of the most profound things uh, that Chief Joseph of the Nisburs said, from where the sun stands now, I will fight no more forever. Don't fight with anything. Don't fight with anything. No matter how mean, aggressive, brutal, or threatening, don't fight. Don't run away either. so a lot. Kiyun. I forgot your question. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> the origin of what? You say
0: something arises.
1: The origin of the something that arises. Is that always karma?
0: It looks that way. We, we don't know. We go too far trying to explain and it, it just creates a big philosophical labyrinth that looks like karma cause and effect. It looks like this happens and that happens and this happens and here we are. Your mom and your dad got together, and then here you are. Just, just keeps going on and on and on, on. More? Ask me the actual question. Did I say <laughs> ask me? Ask me.